Uh, open your Bibles to Proverbs 25, and as you're turning there, I, was, uh, I caught that last verse, and, uh, and I, I like the words to that. Um, it was something about uh, of the, Jesus being a friend, and, and I read that, and I thought, there are a lot of people who really need a friend uh, in this day and age. There's a lot of lonely people. There's people who are, uh, have been quarantined and, uh, and closed up in their house for a long time, and and, uh, and I'm glad that it doesn't matter where we are at, that Jesus is always with us, and you can count on him as a friend. And uh, that song, just the last, it was the tail end of that fourth verse, uh, mentioned something about a friend, and I, I just thought, boy, we really need friends. And then the verse, of cor- or the chorus, rather, uh, the, more you, the more you prove Jesus, how, how do you prove Jesus while walking in faith? Uh, and times in your life when, uh, when God has really shown himself strong in your life is a time that, man, I, can, I know I can trust him. I know he got me through this point, and so I know I can trust him going forward, and, uh, and that's always a good thing to know. So I appreciate that song, and um, that's not the message. That was all free, so that doesn't have anything to do with the message. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 13, we're going to start there. We're pick, kind of picking up here. And uh, it's okay because Proverbs is just a, a bunch of, of wise sayings that are, are collectively gathered in this. Uh, so many times there, each verse stands in and of itself. And tonight we're going to look at character, uh, Christian character. And Proverbs 25 and verse number 13, the Bible says this, As the cold of snow... In the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his masters. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your word that we can study, that we can look into, and God, that we, uh, we know, Father, that we are lacking wisdom many times in our life. And God, we uh, come to you looking for wisdom. And God, thank you for preserving in your word, uh, a whole collection, in a whole book of, of just practical wisdom for every day in our life. God, help us to learn from it. Help us to draw from it. Help us to practice it in our regular life. And Father, help us to be wise uh, in 2021. And Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this verse, uh, it's, it may be out of context for our time of year. We start right out, it says, as cold of snow in the time of harvest. And you're thinking, man, I do not want, I'm not ready to go back to snow, okay? Uh, but you got to think in the time of harvest. So think, uh, I, I'm, I'm good, all right? I had a 75 degree day, was it 78, 79, I don't know. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back into cold weather. I just don't do hot weather. It's just not for me. Uh, but, but you're saying, man, we're just going into warm weather. I'm ready for it. But after summer, and you've had all summer long, and it's been 80, and it's been 90, and you've complained about the heat, and you've complained about the humidity, and, and finally the cool days of fall arrive, and it's refreshing to you. It's like, man, that's a breath of fresh air. Kind of like the warmth of springtime. It's kind of like, man, it's a breath of fresh air. It's something nice. It's a change from having been in this cold uh, cold, frigid weather of winter, and now finally it's a refreshment to have that change and have something different. So that's kind of the idea 
of what he's looking at in this verse. And he says, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, in other words, as that change comes about, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his master. And this verse uh, gives us the idea of faithful or character in faithfulness. Now, what is character? Let me go back and uh, define character. I looked up character in the dictionary, and, and it had a whole lot of definitions. And I am not going to read them all to you. Uh, I just grabbed a few of them, and I reduced them to a few of the words that I thought were more pertinent. But it's a very uh, comprehensive of um, word. It covers a lot of area. And the first definition was a distinctive mark, a letter, figure, or symbol. So something that is distinctive. The third definition, the peculiar quality or sum of qualities by which a person or thing is distinguished from others. The fourth was strength of mind, resolution, independence, or individuality. The fifth was moral quality, the principles and motives that control the life as a man of character, his character saves him from suspicion. And the sixth was quality, position, rank, or capacity. Uh, the seventh was reputation. And the eighth was uh, a written statement as to behavior. And so uh, I once heard that character defined as character is who you are when nobody else is around. That kind of resumes it all. It, it takes it down to the fact of when nobody else is around and nobody else is watching, who are you? Because oftentimes when people are around, we tend to, uh, we tend to act a little bit different. Um, maybe for whatever reason. And, and character is who truly we are. Sometimes when you're with other people, uh, maybe they, they, they coerce you into certain behavior, or maybe it can be for good, or maybe it can be for bad. Uh, and sometimes those are, are good things, and sometimes those are bad things. But character really defines who you are on the inside. Probably the greatest illustration, I believe, of character, though there are, are many. Uh, well, another one just popped in my mind. David would be a great, great illustration of character in the Old Testament when uh, when he behaved himself wisely with King Saul. Uh, but he wasn't the one I was thinking of originally. The one I was thinking of originally would be Daniel. When he was taken captive away from his parents, probably his parents were killed. And he was taken captive and, and he was taken to Babylon and, uh, and they were going to give him of the king's meat. And, and Daniel, as a young Jewish boy, knowing his uh, dietary laws and dietary restrictions, purposed, the Bible says, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. In other words, Dar Daniel said, I'm not going to do this. It didn't matter, and many, many of his um, friends, we'll say it that way, colleagues, for lack of a better word, uh, that, that were carried away with him, I'm sure defiled themselves with the king's meat. Um, and maybe they didn't even think about it. Maybe uh, they felt coerced into it because they were captive, and maybe they felt like they had no option. But Daniel stands out as a man of character who said, I am not going to do that. And Daniel did what was right, and, and I think that's a good 
uh, illustration of, of what character is. So as we think about character and we think about this verse, the Bible says, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his master. And I have character in faithfulness. I think one of the key, verse, key words in this verse is faithful messenger. And, uh, and one of the things that I think of is, is, as far as character and faithfulness, is being on time. Um, if you look at the, the verse again, it says, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest. In other words, it's talking about a time frame of when the cold weather would arrive. And certainly there's something about that being on time. You know, in the fall time, it is always going to turn cold. Unless you live in Peru. And then there are opposite seasons. You know that from Sunday night. But, uh, but, but it always is true. After summertime comes that cool time. And after wintertime comes that warm time. And temperatures are rising. And, and it's warming up as we come into summertime. And, and there's something said for being uh, constant and being uh, on time and being uh, there at the right time. Could you imagine if uh, fall came and it did not get cold? Matter of fact, uh, what if fall came, it kind of chilled off a little bit, and then we went into another summertime? You say, man, that is that would be really messed up. It would be messed up. And then I might think, maybe they have something with this global warming. I might agree with them on that. Uh, but, but that's not happening. There's something to be said for being on time and, and things running in an orderly fashion. And God designs uh, things to run in an orderly fashion. And I think of uh, when I thought of that and the time frame of, of the uh, cold weather coming after the, uh, that harvest time as a regular thing. Of course, I thought of the, one of the illustrations I thought of was the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter number 25. And you remember the story, the ten virgins uh, were there and, and five of them were prepared. They had their oil for their lamps. And five were not prepared. And we're not going to go in to dissect the whole parable and understand all of it. But what I do want you to understand is this. When those who realized we don't have any oil and it, and it got to be about midnight, they said, we don't have any oil. And they turned to those who had the oil, and they said, hey, give us of your oil. And they said, no, otherwise we won't have enough oil. You need to go get your own. And so they sent them out to buy their own oil. And while they were gone, the bridegroom came. And, they, and the, uh, the wedding started, and the door was shut, and they were not allowed in. And, and there's, there's lots that we can draw from that. But one thing I do want us to understand, and one thing that I do want us to draw from that, is the idea of, of being prepared and being on time. And faithfulness and character. It requires uh, preparation. I remember this, it was probably Pastor Jacob's class. Um, uh, the, this, this saying, I think, is where I got this from, is prior proper preparation prevents poor performance. And I've just always stuck with me. And I, it's probably because I have to work a lot in that area uh, to be prepared. And, and it takes a lot of work to stay on top of that, to be prepared, to prevent poor performance. But there's a lot of truth to that. And I think in this idea of faithfulness, it does require preparation. It does require being on time. And it does require uh, the fact that, hey, God is orderly and God has made a lot of things to run on time. And so we need to just be aware of that. My dad always taught me, uh, he always said uh, that, that, you know, if you're not 
I forget what the time was exactly. If you're not 20 minutes early, then you're late. Uh, and, and I always have showed up for, for things early because I don't want to be late. And, and even when I was a missionary going to different churches, uh, I remember maybe one or two meetings that I, I, I showed up late uh, because it was extreme circumstances. One, my muffler was falling off my car, and I was having a hard time getting it all the way off, and so it was dragging as we were driving. That was one. The other, I got lost. Could you imagine that? That was before GPS. But I'm saying, you know, we strove and we worked hard to be where we were to be on time because I believe it's good character to show up and to do uh, what, what we're supposed to do. And as we look at this verse, not only is the time uh, of the essence and, and being prepared to be able to do those things, but I want you to notice this. In the middle of the verse, it says, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. And I think that speaks to being faithful in completing a job, doing a job. My dad always would, uh, he would give us, you know, chores. And in the summertime, uh, during school year, we'd get up and we'd have family Bible study. We'd all sit down and we'd read a chapter out of the, uh, we'd read one chapter all together out loud in the, in the Bible. And dad would go off to work and we'd finish getting ready to go to school. We'd go to school. Uh, but during the summertime, he would let us sleep in. And that meant that, that he didn't wake us up until he left, and, and so at 7.30, we were all awake. And so uh, he'd wake us all up, and, and we'd come down, and, and, uh, and he always had a list of chores on the table. Man, I was like, really? It's summertime. I just want to sleep in. I just want to play with my friends. I don't want to do chores. And so, you know, what most kids would do is they'd go do uh, as minimal of that chore as they could to say, Got that done. Check that off the list. It's, it's marked off. But there's something to being faithful about completing a job, even to the best of our ability. We're talking about character. We're talking about doing things right. Listen, our flesh goes against that. Our flesh by nature is lazy. Our flesh by nature does not desire to do these kind of things. It's something that we have to work at in and of ourselves and ask God to help us to be faithful and to be uh, completers and to be workers and to be on time in these things. And so uh, I think there's something to be said, as the Bible is very clear, so is a faithful messenger. In other words, somebody who's going to complete the job. And when I thought of the faithful messenger, of course, uh, the, the saying came to mind, uh, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays these couriers from swift completion of their appointed rounds. Does anybody know where that's from? U.S. Post Office. But it may surprise you to find out the U.S. Post Office does not have an official slogan. That is not their official slogan. They don't have one. Uh, here's the story of where that came from, and I found this quite interesting. Uh, it says here, while the Postal Service has no official motto, the popular belief that it does is a tribute to America's um, postal workers. Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night stays these couriers from swift completion of their appointed rounds. Is not the official post Postal Service motto, though it appears chiseled in gray granite over the entrance of the James A. Farley building at 8th Avenue and 33rd Street in Manhattan. That used to be the, uh, it was named the U.S. Postal Building before they changed the name to James A. Farley Building. 
the phrase comes from the book 8, paragraph 98 of the Persian Wars by Herodotus, a Greek historian. During the war between the Greeks and Persians around 500 BC, the Persians operated a system mounted of mounted postal couriers who served with great fidelity. And the firm of McKim, Mead, and White designed the post office, which opened to the public on Labor Day in 1914. One of the firm's architects, William Mitchell Kendall, was the son of a classics scholar and read Greek for pleasure. Imagine that today. Do you know anybody who reads Greek for pleasure? And I thought, we've really lost something in our education system. That's a total side note. It has nothing to do with this, but this guy read Greek for pleasure in 1914. Anyways, let's carry on. He selected the neither snow nor rain inscription, which he modified from the translation by Professor George Herbert Palmer of Harvard University, and the post office department approved it. The popular belief that Herodotus' description of the Persian post postal service was about USPS in a tribute to the men and women who had delivered mail reliably and dependably though all through all conditions for centuries. And, uh, and though they um, maybe may not be as good as they once were, they still do when it's raining, deliver your mail. They still do when snow falls, they deliver your mail. Uh, and, and as far as uh, usually as possible, they deliver mail. Have you ever, we, we have had some problems with the post office of late in December. And so we know the frustration of not getting your mail when it's sent. There's not, we got Christmas cards in February that we know were mailed in November. Um, and that was just part of the, the whole problem. But it's frustrating to you when you go to the mail and you get it and it's like, oh, here's a Christmas card. Too bad it's February. It's time for, time for Valentine's Day. And you're like, well, you know, it's, it's frustrating to you. But then, listen, it's frustrating to the sender. Nobody wants something that's going to arrive late. And, and listen, uh, the same, if you take that same idea and you apply it to ourselves, we ought to be, have good character in being faithful with jobs that have been assigned to us. Because we, we ought to do our job. And listen, in the world today, I, I've, I've said it and I'll say it again, as a Christian, we ought to have good character and do the jobs that we are given to do. It doesn't matter if we like them. There's a lot of jobs sometimes that we don't like. This might surprise you, but listen, as a missionary, there were jobs that I did not enjoy. As a preacher, there's jobs that I don't necessarily enjoy. But we don't do them because we enjoy them. We do them because it's part of our job, part of our responsibility. And we ought to be Christians and people of character to do the jobs even though we may not enjoy it. And listen, if it's really that bad, outside of ministry, I'm not talking about ministry. If it's really that bad, go find another job that you can enjoy. But work at the one you're at until you can find another one. Uh, but we ought to be people of character. And this Bible verse is talking about a faithful messenger to them that send him. And let me uh, take a moment and, and apply this spiritual application there. We've talked about mail. We've talked about regular work. But listen, there's a real spiritual application there that God has entrusted us as believers, as Christians, 
with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has entrusted that to you and to me. It's often baffled me why God did not choose to write it in the sky with a clouds that Jesus saves. It often baffles me why the, the trees don't cry out when you walk through the forest and say, Jesus saves, you need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that all the world, because uh, the clouds and the trees would probably be more faithful than we have been with the gospel. But God chose us. And he expects us to be faithful messengers, that would be to carry the job to completion to get the gospel to the lost and dying world. And I know we heard about it all last month during the month of March, but listen, that's, that's really what all of this book is talking about. Everything else will all point to that. The fact that we would have a good character would be a good testimony so that we can be a faithful messenger to point people to Jesus Christ. The fact that we live on this earth and we work and we uh, do the things we do, all, all the end of that should be to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants us to be faithful. And this verse says, As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, it's time always shows up on time, so is a faithful messenger, somebody who's going to complete the job, to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his master. There's nothing more refreshing than to know that something is going to get done and it's going to get done right. There's nothing more refreshing than to go to the, it's happened a couple times throughout the past year, and my, you have to understand in Peru we, mail did not get delivered to our house. We had to go downtown to the post office. It was a pain to find a place to park. It was a pain to go stand in line for 20 minutes so that you could check your mail at the post office. That's what, that's, it was a pain. And so it's happened several times over the past uh, year, two years, whatever it's been. And, and, and one of my kids will go out to the post office and on the day of their birthday, they open it up and a birthday card arrived on the day of their birthday. And they're like, yes. I got a birthday card and a present arrived just at the same day that was their birthday. And they, that excites them, and, and it's refreshing to them. And, and listen, there's nothing more gratifying than, uh, than calling the person that sent it and said, hey, you know what, it arrived on their birthday. You did it perfect. You mailed it. I don't know how you worked it out. You timed it perfect that it arrived on time. And listen, there's, there's something refreshing both for the hearer as well as for the sender that's, that a job would be carried through to completion in a timely fashion. And listen, God is pleased, and I have no reservation about saying that it pleases God when we do our job and we do it well and we do it on time. And God is glorified in that. That's, that's kind of the idea of this verse. Uh, for he refresheth the soul of his masters that something would be, get done. Faithful. Be faithful in your character. Look with me at verse 19, and, and it kind of has the other side of this. The Bible says here in verse number 19, Proverbs 25, 19, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken and a foot out of joint. We all know what that's like if you've never, if you've ever had a problem with your tooth or a broken tooth or a chipped tooth, man, it hurts. And there's something about 
And I don't know why, when you have a toothache, man, it just bother you can't hardly do anything you know if your if your pinky hurts you wrap it up and you can kind of isolate and think oh, i'm going to go do something but if your tooth hurts man it, it is a pain that goes back to bible times that they were aware of and that there's not much that can be done in it and it messes you up and so the bible says here confidence in other words that we would put place confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Uh, we, people who are not dependable, like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint, painful, and it hinders the work. And that's totally opposite of what we see in verse number 13, as he's saying uh, the faithfulness of a messenger and completing a job in a timely fashion. And so I'd encourage us as Christians, hey, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would be faithful people to do what God has called us to do. Be good workers in your workplace. Be, be people that, that, that are trustworthy, that people can count on, that they can say, hey, I'm going to ask this guy to do it because I know that if I ask this guy to do it, he's going to get the job done. Be somebody that is dependable. We find that in these two verses. We find character... Character in our uh, in faithfulness and in, in doing doing a job and being faithful to carry it through. Look with me at verse number fourteen, and we'll have character and word in verse number fourteen. The Bible says, "Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain." Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. You ever been outside and, uh, and man, the wind starts to pick up? And I, I've lived in a few different places, and I know a little bit about weather, but sometimes weather can throw you for a loop. And, and so the wind will start to pick up, and you'll see clouds, and you're like, man, it's going to storm, it's going to rain. And so you start, you know, you go inside, you kind of take care of everything so that when the rain comes down, it's not a problem. And and then uh, 20 minutes later, the sun comes out, not a drop of rain fell. And you're like, man, I just got total, totally bamboozled by the weather. I didn't see, I thought for sure it was going to rain. And, and he's saying here uh, that that happens, listen, uh, that whoso boasteth himself, in other words, somebody who would boast of a false gift, something that they, they proclaim to have, but they don't have is like clouds and wind without rain. Turn with me to Jude chapter, well, there's only one chapter, Jude chapter 1, verse number 11. Go to Revelation and turn back one, one page, and you'll be in the book of Jude. We'll save your spot there in Proverbs, as we'll be back there. Jude, verse number 11, Jude 1, 11. We find a, a good illustration of this in the Bible. The Bible says here in Jude chapter 1, in verse number 11, it says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit there wherewith 
without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And it's talking about uh, these fellows that are that are have boasted themselves. We, we jump into a middle illustration of, of some wicked people, but uh, the idea here is that these people boasted themselves of something that they, they did not have. They start off with Cain, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. Cain boasted himself a, a gift of a sacrifice and said, hey, I've got the best sacrifice and I'm going to present it to God. And, and he brought forth uh, the fruit and labor of, the, of his own hands of the earth. That is Cain, as in Cain and Abel in, the, in Genesis. And he brought the fruit to God and provided it as a sacrifice. And of course, you know the story that God rejected that, uh, that sacrifice because God required uh, the, the lamb and the blood of the lamb for the atonement for their sins. And so his offering was then rejected. But Cain had boasted himself of, hey, I've got, the, I've got a good offering. You know what? I can do this myself. And he found out he couldn't. And of course, that jealousy, of course, led to him killing Abel. And, uh, and him being cursed, uh, but then move on, and he goes on to Balaam. Now, who was Balaam? Uh, Balaam was, of course, boasted him of the himself of the ability to bless or curse people so that he could get money, and, and the enemies of Israel came along, and they, uh, they said, hey, listen, we want to hire you to curse the nation of Israel. Now, here's a servant of God, and he's hired to curse the nation of Israel. I think it says in the Old Testament, if you curse the nation of God, that you'll be cursed. And if you bless the nation of God, that you'll be blessed. And so it goes contradictory completely that he would even accept the job and, and, and attempt to do it. But he boasts himself, says, well, I can do that. Absolutely. He's thinking, man, I'm going to make me some money. And, and you know the story as he goes up to, to bless them, uh, that, that uh, the donkey that he was riding on turns aside, and, and after the third time, finally, he draws his sword, and he's about to kill his donkey, and his donkey starts talking to him. And I, I haven't preached it yet, but I have, a, I have a message idea of how to be dumber than a donkey. That's the passage it comes out of. Because Balaam certainly was dumber than the donkey. The donkey recognized that, hey, God was trying to prohibit this and keep this from taking place. But Balaam, he could not see it. He did not see the angel standing there in the way with the sword. And he was about to kill his own donkey when his donkey actually saved his life. And he boasted himself of something that he could do that he could not do because he, he, God would not allow him to do that. He goes on and he gives the illustration of Kor. You remember Kor uh, was the one that brought strange fire uh, and offered it before God. And, and, and of course, uh, Moses saw that and, and Kor thought himself even above Moses and above God. And he said, well, I can do this. And he brought strange fire and tried to offer it. And of course, God made a new thing and he opened up the earth and swallowed Kor and all of the people that were rebelling with him. And, and what I'm saying is they, they had boasted themselves of something that they could not do. Listen, we ought to be real careful 
about boasting what we're able to do and not able to do because ultimately it's God that gives us the ability to do things and not do things. We need to be careful about what we say. And the Bible goes on here in this passage and, and it says uh, these were, uh, these. basically it gives you the idea of this, these were not trees planted by the river of God's water because their leaf did wither and they did not bear fruit. If you remember reading in Psalm, um, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. For his delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And it goes on and says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And it's saying how God will bless that man, uh, but he's not somebody that's boasting of himself. He's not somebody that's proclaiming his own goodness. He's not somebody that's lifting up himself. He's somebody that is meditating and studying in the word of God and looking to honor and glorify God with his life. It seems like in, in our day and age, people think they can only get somewhere if they toot their own horn. And say, look at me and look at what I do and look at how, uh, how good I do and look at all the things that I'm busy doing. Listen, uh, we've got it all backwards. We ought to be pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ, not to self. And so the Bible would issue us a, a very firm uh, warning that uh, we need to be careful about boasting ourselves of something that we cannot do. Boasting is, is, of course, it's pride and it's arrogance. Boasting is born out of a heart of arrogance and thinking, well, I can do this or I can do that. And, and listen, it's problematic and we need to be very careful of that. And so we need to have character in our words. Be careful of the words that we speak and have character in pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ and honoring and glorifying Him. Look with me at our next verse, Proverbs 25, and verse number 16. The Bible says, Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. Well, there's an interesting verse, huh? And I put down here character in self-restraint. Character in self-restraint. Honey's good. There's no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 24, 13, My son, eat thou honey because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. And so uh, I was looking up different references to honey, and certainly honey is something that's healthy. It's even good for you. And and, and there's no doubt about it that it is a, a good thing in Scripture. But what we learn and what we can see from this verse very clearly, he says in the second part of that verse, eat so much as is sufficient for thee. In other words, know when to draw the line and know when to say, well, that's enough, and, and, and not to indulge in, and, and have an excess. And as we think about this verse, listen, honey is kind of the symbol of pleasure. And, and listen, healthy uh, and good pleasure is not wrong. Some people think that because you're Christians, well, you can't have any fun. And that we're, we're a, thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that, and you can't do this, and don't smile, your face will crack, and don't laugh in church, or don't have any, and that's, there's nothing farther from the truth. I mean, uh, as Christians, we do believe, I believe, 
that God came, Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly, the Bible says. So God wants us to have life and he wants us to have a full life, but the proverb would also caution us and warn us that, hey, uh, if we get off with too much pleasure or, or if we overindulge in anything, it cannot be good and it can be a problem. And so the proverb would warn us of that. And listen, we do have to be careful that uh, the pleasure that we indulge in is not sinful pleasure, obviously. And often what the world labels fun is sinful, generally speaking. Uh, the world likes to indulge in sinful things. Listen, you don't have to indulge in sinful things to have fun. There is lots of fun things that you can do. It is not wrong to play baseball. It is not wrong to play football. It's not wrong to go fishing or go hunting or go golfing or go shopping or go, that's for the ladies, or bake or uh, have a picnic. Those things are not sinful and they're not wrong. And matter of fact, the Bible would even teach us that we should have that kind of time. That's what it says here in verse uh Verse 16 that we read, Hast thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee. In other words, take time to do those things. I, sometimes I struggle with it. I don't, I don't, um, I don't do that very well. Uh, but it says, hey, there's nothing wrong with doing those things and enjoying them. But they see, he also issues a warning and says, hey, do not go in excess. You can... I'll give you an illustration that, that you may or may not be able to relay with. There's nothing wrong to an extent with video games. But some people, the problem with video games is this, they're very addictive. And a lot of people get so drawn into them, they don't go to work, they don't do what they're supposed to do, because all they do is they're addicted to video games. You can plug that in with probably a gazillion other things that would fit that same illustration. And what they have done is they've indulged to excess and they have not had enough character to draw a line, say, you know what, I'm done. I need to, I need to do some other stuff. And they've overindulged to the point that they have wasted their, their time and their life and it has become unhealthy for them. And as the Bible would say, unless uh, thou be filled therewith and vomit it. In other words, it would be bad for you. Look with me at verse number 27. It says kind of the same idea. It is not good to eat much honey. for So for men to search their own glory is not glory. So the idea is that... Uh, you know, a certain amount is okay, but you need to be very careful of excess. And here in this verse, in verse 27, honey is equated to glory. And listen, it's okay to be praised from there, uh, but as the Bible says, let another man's lips praise thee and not thine own. Uh, be careful that you're not the one seeking praise. You know, sometimes, um, you know, even kids, sometimes they're like, did I do a good job, Mom? Well, yeah, you, or Dad? Well, yeah, you did a good job. But, you know, if, they, if, if every time, did I do a good job? Did I do a good job? Did I do? Wait a minute. I mean, do you, how, much, how much indulgement do you want here? I mean, uh, where's the line? And sometimes we need to learn the self-restraint for ourselves of where is the line at, and we need to be careful that we uh, have character in self-restraint. And sometimes that's not easy. Uh, and sometimes that's something that we need to work on. 
And so just three areas, I think, of character that I think will be uh, of help to us. One, character and faithfulness and being on timing, doing a job faithfully and completing it. And, uh, and then character uh, of, of word and, and being careful that we don't boast of something greater than we are. And then character to have self-restraint, uh, which may need uh, more work than other areas in, in some lives. And it just, I mean, all of this, we all have, every one of us, have a sinful flesh. And maybe your, your character is more flawed in one area than other areas. And maybe one of these is an area that needs worked on more than other areas. And and I tell you what, when you have children, then you see your flaws, and you're like, man, that's, I know exactly why they do that, because I do that. And you see your own flaws in your children. And we need to be careful and just be aware of those, and hey, have character as a Christian, uh, to have restraint, self-restraint, be careful that we're not boasting of things that we uh, can do that maybe we can't do, and then uh, being careful to be faithful uh, be, have character to be faithful to do a job uh, that, that God would have us to do. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just these three.